0: Folks, if your financial professional tends to speak in terms of their industry jargon... Can be confusing, but it's important to have clarity, which is why I so recommend Arif Halaby of Total Financial Solutions. My wife Sue and I are Arif's clients because he provided us with such clarity. He is very knowledgeable and capable when it comes to reliable retirement income. Tune into Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870. The answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategies. Learn from
1: Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. My name is Arif Hallaby. The total financial hours. That is, there's two of them. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. We have a second hour of the show. We usually answer emails, have guests on, uh, talk about some of the uh, the, the issues that are really important to you. How do I know that? Because you send me an email and you do so with your questions at arif at tfswealth.com. That's arif at tfswealth.com. Also, you can give me a call at triple eight ninety nine retire I'm going to give this to you a few times. Uh, just sometimes I uh, forget or, or we get uh, really wrapped up into a, a subject. So let's add it now. 888 888- 99 retire that's 888-997-3847 pretty important okay so this is a big deal guys as uh many of you are trying to find the alternate ways to make up money to make up for lost money really to to make a difference with inflation coming down the road and hitting you pretty hard so i want to kind of go over some of the things that you are doing some of the ways to improve increase your income in the inflation world so part of what's important is to realize the rules that you are playing or at least the game you are playing there are rules and if you know the rules you can play the game better than people that don't know the rules for example imagine for a minute you're playing a game and every time you know you're part of a team you're out there and every time you you grab the ball the whistle blows and you get punished, right? Every time, every time you grab money, you get punished, right? You make a bad investment, you overspend, you pay interest, you pay late fees. So, so you kind of just say, hey, listen, I'm not gonna really grab the ball because every time I do, I'm gonna get in trouble. Uh, I get yelled at, but I wanna look like I'm playing. So I'm gonna buy nice clothes. I'm gonna buy a nice car, get my nails done, my hair done, right? The ladies grabbing your purse. Now some guy's grabbing purses, whatever. And, and when they do that, it's because you want to look like you're playing the game well. We see this all the time. It's not an uncommon thing to have people run around in life and uh, celebrities, especially let's be clear on that. It's a celebrity, LA, Hollywood. Yeah. It's a celebrity, just so you're clear. It's a celebrity bastion of very bad financial decisions. Sometimes the mo- some of the more famous ones too, guys right they just don't understand money they keep making financial mistakes they uh but they look good right during recession times go to pawn shops in beverly hills go to second hand fur stores right where they where wealthy people have to sell their furs or their jewelry or their watches pretty important to realize that the stuff doesn't equal wealth so when times are bad and they are coming we know this it's good to be able to to plan, right? You see the storm on the horizon. It's coming this way. Now it can go left or right. It can divert against us or away from us a little bit more or less, but we know it's coming. So instead of saying, well, I'm going to start getting ready to sell my second car or start ready to, to, to get ready to, to sell off my diamonds, gold, jewel, whatever. What if you just understood how to plan properly? Because you're playing the, the game, you know, the rules. So what are the rules? Well, let's think about it for a minute. If you started Social Security recently, within the last 12 months, doesn't matter your age, but specifically if you're under the age of 70. So let's say you are 65 and you started Social Security knowing you're not going to get the maximum amount that you would at age 70 because Social Security increases at 8% per year. So what is 8 times 5 right ready for the 40% that means you could almost get about 40% more money if you had waited from age 65 till age 70 now you might say yeah I know I wish I could have I, I I got a job three months after I started social security I got another job now I'm stuck collecting social security but I still have my job back or my income or I started something and didn't realize I was making as much money or on and on so what do you do okay Social Security says that you get a one-time do-over. That means if you are before 12 months of receiving your payments, you can go back to Social Security, pay back all of the money. Let's say you were receiving $2,000 a month, and you've done this for 10 months. You write them a check for $20,000, pay the money back, and you get a do-over. That means you can wait another year, six months, two years, five years, or better yet, until age seven zero, if you have another source of income, right? I don't want you to say, well, I'm waiting for social security, but gosh darn it, I can only have one meal a day, or I'm late on my electric bill, or I'm going to you know wear three blankets in the wintertime and no not use my air conditioning in the summertime. No, no life is about living. So if you're not going to go back to work, right, if you're not going to go work part time, whatever, at a golf course or a craft shop, something to make a little bit of extra money, then turn on your social security. Right? It's just a math problem. I don't want you to to live to 72 years old. You had two great years when your hips didn't work and your knees didn't work. I want you to enjoy life. So if that means you can't enjoy life financially at age 62, then gosh darn it, that's when you turn on social security. Yes, you got a lot less. Yes, it's not the best financial move. But it's not just about numbers. It's about you living. Okay, for a lot of people, you've started Social Security, six months go by, and now you found a job and you're like, but but I don't really need it. All right, pay back that money and you get a do-over. For every year that you wait, Social Security gives you an 8% increase. So if you did it right, if you're 65 years old and it was $2,000 a month, when you get to age seventy, it's going to be about twenty eight hundred dollars a month. That's a way to beat inflation just a bit, isn't it? Granted, right now we're at above eight percent inflation, and I expect that to be the case for a little while, especially as long as Biden and his ilk continue to spend money. Right, Washington is much greater than one man, whether it's Biden or Trump. Right, both presidents have a, an agenda. And they can move the needle just a little bit one way or the other. But the bureaucrats were so entrenched, especially put in by President Obama. Those last two months, between November and January, he layered, and when I say layered, I mean deeply layered, bureaucrats, operatives, in multiple agencies across the board. And he did so to slow walk, to derail, to kind of, if you will, put put your foot out and trip President Trump every time he could. And yet President Trump still, still made one of the best economies this country has seen in a very, very long time. Still created international relations at a level that was unseen or unheard of or better yet, ready? Unthought of by President Obama and Biden. They didn't even think it was, quote, possible. These kinds of things, you need to understand, does one man or woman make a difference? They can, but it's difficult to push the needle too far. If anybody can, President Trump did. Also, who's in the news this week? Yeah, Elon Musk. Can you imagine? I saw an MSNBC uh, uh, talking head who said, you know, what if... You know, somebody buys Facebook or Twitter and chooses to dial down the opposition. And, you know, what if Elon Musk wants to silence the other, the other side's candidates and on and on? I thought, are you kidding me? Lacking of self-awareness. Now, this is important because this will tell you that it's more than just dishonesty. I don't think there's a lot of hope. I mean, I guess you're not supposed to say that, but I don't think there's a lot of hope. I don't think the left has a chance of coming around and going, wow, you're right. We've been wrong." the whole time about Russiagate or Hunter Biden's laptop or Joe Biden's corruption or his dementia, or I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think the, the corporate media is in a position to ride this thing and to sail it. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. I think that's their job, right? It's just to, it's not to speak truth to people. So that's an important I think, an important part to your analysis, right? Because there's nothing that I see that they're going to do to fix inflation. They're not going to stop the, you know, they're not going to start oil drilling in Anwar. They're not going to allow a pipeline that's going to increase jobs in the United States and energy self-sufficiency in the United States. They're not going to do it. They, they don't like this country. The left doesn't. You can go to any kind of junior high or high school, listen to a history class, certainly at the college level. They don't like the United States. They think we are too big for our britches. They think we push people around. Look, there might be some truth, kernels of truth to a lot of things of everybody, uh, everybody's opposition. But the point is there isn't a better country ever in the history of the world than the United States. I didn't say perfect, but there has never been a better nation. And God willing, We are around for years to come to to continue to prove that. All right, inflation is coming. Don't expect the government to help. That's the point. You're going to have to take some action on your own. I like some part-time work. Some of you come to me. I had somebody this week. I think he was 60. I want to say 60 or 61. And so was his wife because we could do some things with her her retirement account because she was past age 59 and a half. And he said, we're not going to work anymore. We're done. I said, okay, well, tell me about uh, your income, this, this, and this. Well, um, you know, we have a certain amount of money. That's fine. But at the end, they had to cut back their lifestyle substantially. And there is no plan B to combat double-digit inflation. So this is a big deal (laughs) because they're going to live 30 more years. Statistically speaking, they will probably live longer than the amount of time that they had their career. So what do you do? When you don't want to work anymore, when you're in your fifties or sixties and you're healthy, right? That's a big part of it too. And you see inflation on the horizon. You see the trouble in the stock market, uh, the real estate market, whatever it is that's coming over the horizon. And you're asking yourself, okay, I counted on these vehicles to create an income stream for me. And there might be some problems coming down the road. How do you do that? Well, because inflation is coming, I want you to do a couple of things specifically, ready for this? You need to pay off your debt. I'm not talking about good debt. I'm talking about bad debt. Right? It used to be the old adage, and and there's a few people out there. I think Dave Ramsey still talks about it. Pay your house mortgage off. Pay your Listen, that's nice, but in reality, people move every few years. Why would you be guaranteed to lose money every few years? Right? But people do because it costs about 10% to sell your house. So you can buy it for a million dollars. You want to sell it tomorrow. You're not going to get 900. You have to wait. You have to make up that loss, absorb all those fees, commissions, and et cetera. Then you can start making new money. So of course, in the the house flipper world, there's a place for that. But if you're going to have a house that you're going to live on and you have a three or four or even guys ready for this, even a five, not my favorite, but even a 5% interest rate, and it's a 30-year loan, much better than a 15-year loan. Eh, if that's not what Ramsey said, I'll pay $300,000 more in interest. I know you will. But you take the difference in your payment, right? $400 a month, $600 a month, whatever the difference is, and you save it. Now, the reality is on some, some financial professionals will tell you, yeah, yeah, that's nice, but nobody's going to ever save it. They spend it. They just absorb that into their new budget. They buy the new car. So we might as well make them. We might as well force them to put that towards their house. Okay. I'm all right with either way of these things. I just want you to know the the best math way, right? That doesn't have feelings. It's math. Is to take it, do a 30-year mortgage. You want to pay extra on your house. Gosh, darn it. You do it. You want to save it, invest it, and pay off what I call your bad debt, which is what? Your cars, your credit cards, your student loans then you do it. You pay that down. You do the snowballing effect. right? Maybe you buy a rental property if that's your thing. Maybe you increase your money into your into your 401k or your retirement plans. right? You can still, even if you're retired and working just a little bit of part-time, you can still put into your retirement account. This is important. This is new. Now you can save in, at age 70. Before, at age 70 and a half, you're not allowed to save money into an IRA anymore, even if you were still working. Now you can. You can put money to an individual retirement account past age 70, 71, 72. It's not going to matter. Important you do that because I expect you to live to your early 90s. Now, barring any crazy catastrophes, right? I mean, that it happens. But keep in mind that most people today that are under the age of 60 or right around age 60. Statistically speaking, now, if you're married, both of you will live to age 90. How do we combat that inflation as we push a little bit of money towards the future? You can do that by still working part-time. Listen, it can be anything. $7, you know, $20 an hour, it doesn't have to be your old career. But it counts as income that allows you to divert money into the future, into a retirement account. Right? It's a formula. If you have questions on it, I'll give you my number again. 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. And I can uh, kind of walk you through that. All right. So as you do that, it's a way to send money into the future, hopefully earn some interest, maybe a little bit more than normal. And then when you really can't work or really don't want to work anymore at all, you can begin to withdraw from that. Right, I'd like you to push Social Security out as long as you can, if you can. Now, if you're single, if you don't have longevity in your family, if you don't have anybody to leave all of your financial uh, funds to, we had this recently, a lady just leaving it to an old coworker. No problem with that. It's your money. You can do with it as you want. Then those kinds of things allow you to push those funds to the future. All right. In addition to all of that, have you thought of something that's pretty important? Have you thought about selling off some of your assets, right? You used to use the boat every weekend, twice a month, whatever it was. You used to use the vacation home because as Tom Henya says, pretty important. The first 10 years or so of retirement is your go-go years. You buy the RV, you buy the boat, you're traveling Europe, around the world cruising. Pretty important, fun stuff to do. And then the next 10 years is the slow-go years. You're staying closer to home. You've checked all the travel boxes, been there, done that. You might go road trip across to to Las Vegas, a road trip over to to Phoenix to visit friends up in Seattle, but that's about it, nothing more than that. Slow-go years, close to home. The last 10 years is called the no-go years. People come to you, right? Uh, You're going to need to spend money on health care probably widening hallways or, or putting ramps in if you have wheelchair or walker issues, bathrooms retrofitted. So there's going to be money spent still, just on different things. It's called the slow-go years. And for all of us with parents or grandparents, or maybe you, you can identify with this. Now, some of you are smarty pants and you'll go, well, or if, you know, you said 10 years, but mine really lasted 14. Or you said 10 years, but really it was about six. Okay, guys, I get it. Some of you should be engineers if you're that precise. Go back to school and learn. But you get the idea, the three phases, about 10 years in each one of those phases. And it's important you see that because I want you to live the way you're supposed to live and have the dreams come true because you've worked for them. Most people, you ready for this? Most people, statistically speaking, will never spend all of their money in retirement. They back off or increase or slow down their withdrawals of their retirement accounts. In fact, I have one particular client. They had like $400,000, I think, with us. And they just kept spending more than the interest, more than the interest, got it all the way down. I mean, I said, you guys are spending way more money. You're in your mid-60s. This isn't going to last. Here's how much you can spend each year if you want it to last. They said, no, no, we want, it. we want to spend this. We have to do that, right? Some of you are back to my, I, I did this on a, on a recent show where I talked about the levels of guilt that you have. Oh, I want to give my kids, you know, pay for them for a down payment for a house. Well, you realize you can't do those kinds of things from a retirement account. Because if you do the retirement account, you have to take out about double because you have to pay taxes. So when you have an IRA or a 401k, it's not your money, all of it. Only about half of it is. The other half is the government's. So that's what they were doing. They were taking money out, giving it to this kid, to this child, down payment for this house, building this house for the, okay, that's great. And when $400,000 got down to 100,000, guess what? They suddenly found a way where they didn't need to spend that much more money because that was their zero. That was the floor that they were afraid of going below. They could still eat dinner. They just adjusted their life. Right? They didn't need. I love it when people say, I need. I say, okay, what's the difference? You see, rich people know the difference between needs and wants. Right? Our more affluent clients, and it's something all of us can learn from, our more affluent clients are very clear on the difference between a need and a want. Now, the poor person will look at it and go, Yes, of course, because they have a lot of money. They have the the pleasure of delineating these dollars and these dollars and the job of these dollars. No, 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 that's not the reason. That's the cause. The cause, the, the, the consequence of understanding needs and wants is the ability to go through and, surprise, have a lot more money, have a lot higher quality things. Sometimes people will go out and they'll buy quantity of junk. Right, that's why these, you know, under their dollar stores, right, under dollar ninety nine cent, they don't have the highest quality things. I mean, you kind of think about it for a second. Oh, I'm going to go get a whatever, and you know, two cans of baked beans for ninety nine cents. Maybe, just maybe, read the labels. I don't know. Maybe it's not the same quality of the of the ingredients that might be at a Whole Foods. Yeah, I get it. Whole Foods is four dollars for the same thing, uh, for one instead of you know ninety nine cents. Or, or, or you know, Albertsons or Vons, whatever. The point is, you're going to go through this, and sometimes people feel so bad about themselves financially that they layer junk on top of it. So they have ten of one thing that is a lower quality instead of one that is higher quality. You see it with clothing. A lot of people will go to some stores. And they'll buy lower quality clothing. They know it's going to rip or tear or, or fade after one or two or three washes. It's basically disposable. But they bought it for $6 or $9 or $10. Right? There's also people that overspend. I get it. You're, you don't need to spend. You don't have to spend a certain amount uh, on items. My point is the quality. Because the older you, you get... I want you to focus more on quality. The problem is you can afford one or two of them, not six or ten. You see it all the time. Now, some things you don't need to have the most expensive, quote, highest quality item. And by backing down some of those expectations, right, maybe flatware at home or, or dishes and glasses, you might look at it and say, listen, I don't need to spend the higher dollars on it. I can spend the lower dollars. And nobody will know, right? You keep them clean and, and, and care for them. How we're going to beat inflation is by just spending a little bit less money on those items. Instead of buying six or 10, we buy one or two. So the amount of dollars that we have to spend on items can be backed off, right? It, we can reduce that a little bit. And one of the other ways I want you to focus on inflation, uh, beating inflation, is realizing that there are options on where you can live. Somebody came in recently, a listener came in recently and says, I know, Eric, you tell everybody to move out of the state of California. No, I don't tell people to move. I don't want you to move. I like it when you're close by to me. I can visit you. You come to my office. It's great. But for some of you, we have been backed into a corner, right? You did all the quote right things. You saved money. You bought one house. You drove an older car. You saved for your child's college you, you, or children. You put them in school so they don't have student loans. And consequently, at the end of the story, your retirement accounts are not three, four, five hundred thousand, 500,000 or seven or eight or, or two, they're they they're less. And is the Biden administration going to send you a check for paying off your children's college? Of course not. They're going to give money to other people who are irresponsible, who borrowed money that they could never pay back, who got education and degrees in areas that are zero for the public Good when it comes to financial life. And so the public should never pay for those kind of degrees. The, the community can say, listen, we'll pay for medical. We'll pay for engineers. We need those. But we're not going to pay for certain humanities or liberal studies because we don't need those. So how do you manage through this next phase if you did all the right things? Stay tuned and we'll cover that in just a second. I'm Eric Hallaby, The Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. We'll be right back.
0: About financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hour now higher income strategy learn from arab halloween
1: hey thanks for staying with me we're going to continue talking about your family's finances of course getting out of debt manage, managing money and planning for the future when it comes to kind of beating this inflation trap right i i think we might be getting back to, and we'll see if you guys are willing to tolerate it. Probably our listeners won't, but we might be getting back to the odd and even days. You remember that with the gas and on your license plate? Right? The, the, I remember my dad had a friend that owned a gas station, so we would uh, sometimes be able to go to the side door, right? Just like in the old uh, recession days where if you knew somebody, you got something different and, hey, buddy, come to the back, back door. I remember he had friends that owned gas stations and sometimes we could get things that others couldn't. Look, it was tough. It's what you do when you're in the business, right? My dad was a, worked for gas stations for quite some time. So a lot of what you guys do in your life is gonna be focused on, or it should be focused on, trying to plan for the worst coming down the road. Now, I don't know. We have for sure at least three more years of this president and his ideas. Now, I don't think he's gonna last three more years. In fact, I'm surprised... He went through year one. No kidding. I, I understand there are people, friends, people I know inside of the White House and in that circle and in that world. And they know to a person that Joe Biden's mental capa- uh, capabilities are below standard, even for you a know, high school professor. And you have to understand that so do our enemies, right? They have spies, they have intelligence reports, just like we do on Putin and we do on Kim Jong, all of those people have the same kinds of reports on us and our presidents and our, our leaders, our second and third coming up uh, candidates, right? They do background checks. They do dossier reporting. They get a, they have a file on everybody that they think could be president someday or would be. That's the scariest part. When you have Joe Biden who has all of these skeletons and I promise you to a person, everything in that Biden laptop has been given to every single uh, enemy of the United States. Not only that, but Hillary Clinton's emails, right? That seems, she seems to have gotten forgotten about, but every email that she ever sent, China has. So does Russia. I mean, you, do you understand that all of her emails, all of the secretary of state of the United States, it's the reason that she destroyed those items. She wasn't allowed to do that. And nobody said anything. Oh, you know, some squawking here and squawking there. And by the way, President Trump knew where those emails were. The problem is you have to expose certain intelligence of the United States in order to do that. It's almost like, I know, but I can't say because if I say, then you'll know that I know and I know from this person or that that way or this organization. Because very simple, the other side of the communication Right. I mean, you understand. All I have to do is go and say, uh, uh, OK, Hillary Clinton sent Halliby an email and she destroyed her email box. Well, if she destroyed her email box, then all of a sudden I still have it. Right. I, I mean, if it she destroys hers, it's still in the recipient's email box. President Trump knew that he's like, just go to the other guy. <laughs> we knew it. It's not a secret. So uh, you guys have to realize that part of this formula of, of deception that is occurring in the uh and the federal layers is because they they don't want to find the answer they don't want to find the truth because if they want to find the truth they would have so keep that in mind right you guys have to consider that all right so i want you to go back we're talking about inflation i want you to realize by by me giving you some of these examples, you're going to get zero help from Washington, at least for the next three years. I think Biden is going to step down. It's going to scare the country. It'll drive the stock market into the tank. Kamala Harris can ascend to the presidency. She gets to select her vice president, but it has to be approved by both houses of Congress. Now, whether he has a stroke, whether he uh, is finally attended to by his wife properly, Right, if she's an honest and decent person, she wouldn't have never let him run for office. And the whole story, guys, there's a lot of evil, but you can understand everybody's, you know, jockeying for a position and trying to get one last, you know, squeeze one last drop of juice out of that lemon called Biden. Let's just get—I mean, we're going to squeeze this baby. Let's let's see what we can get. But during the whole time, the person that knew that he was incapable was Jill Biden. And she still allowed the person she said she loves to go out and make a fool of himself and worse, worse, put the country at risk in what he has. The people of Ukraine should have a a statue erected to Jill Biden in which every week they can whip it with a belt or throw arrows at it because for her husband's weakness and her inability to stop him from running for office, they lost or is losing their country. Nobody knows how it's going to end up. But if you don't start on... Listen, Fox News, I'm talking to you guys. I, mean, I know some of you guys listen to the show, the LA, the LA office. You guys need to propose a ticker on the screen. The amount of damage that Russia will end up paying back. You can send another missile Russia. You can destroy another apartment building. There's another $14 million added to the bill. So we're just adding the bill. Oh, General so-and-so, who we know through our intelligence reports is the commander of the, you know, department of this and and coming from the south, the, the, the Air Force folks that are dropping. Oh, yeah, General, you're a war crime criminal. So even if you win, you could never travel outside of Russia again because we will arrest you as the world community and you will be tried in the Hague. You need to have a ticker. You did it with the phony COVID deaths right? We know now that the COVID deaths were exaggerated. Some reports by over 40%. There's one report of almost 70% of the deaths were exaggerated that were reported by certain hospitals because the guy died in a car accident, but tested positive for COVID. So they counted it as a COVID death. It's ridiculous. We know those people. We know that that happened because I know people that work in those hospitals, right? So You can keep some phony numbers running on the screen for two years to scare the daylights out of people. Why don't you have something on the screen that talks about the damage? And there's now 42 war criminals that uh, potential, you can do the the same thing, right? The the guy gets caught stealing someone's purse, alleged criminal. All right, you could allege him, alleged war criminals. I get it, right? And then you start gathering testimony. And they're doing that now. There are groups doing that now where they interview people before they're killed and before they're displaced. Ten minutes after the attack, two hours after the attack, what happened? You link that to General so-and-so or Commander so-and-so. You link that to a dollar damage. So we get a list of victims, just like when the Nazis uh, stole and and ruined businesses for the Jewish community and, and, of course, killed many. Those families are getting reparations. Still to this day, some of them are. Germany is sending a check every month. I don't know if it's millions of people or now tens of thousands, but I've had a couple of clients who would get a reparations check from, from Germany for what they did and, that, and what they stole. Okay, so these are important things. But I don't think we're going to have any courage coming from the White House for at least three years. But the opposition and News, Newsmax, OAN, Fox News they should keep a ticker they should do their own intel work so if we don't have the courage to even stand up to these kind of atrocities how much less are they going to stand up for you to reduce the cost of wheat and bacon Uh, right I mean come on it's all fun and games until you start raising my price of bacon then the life changes (laughs) now you're talking serious just uh, look if it's avocados next we're in this is war I can't mess with my avocados. So the next thing I want you guys to focus on as we go through this is what you've heard me say before, and I'm going to always preach it because I think it is the answer for most of you. And it's called laddering, laddering or stacking or staggering. They're all the same thing. Most of you know the term laddering. If you've ever invested in CDs, I'll give you that example. And then I'll call it a transition on how I think the income strategies can work. When you are using uh, CDs, for example, you can have a six month CD, a one year CD, and an 18 month CD, right? Certificate of deposits at a bank. When you do that, you are kind of leapfrogging so that when six months passes, you do another 18 month CD. And then from then on, you're always gonna have one maturing every six months. Now you can adjust it to a year, 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 one year, two year, three year, you can adjust it for three months, right? Six months, nine months, whatever. But the point is you always have this leapfrog event. Your money that is out the furthest is going to earn the highest interest rate. The money that is in the closest is more accessible, but it earns a lower interest rate. So you're just kind of leapfrogging and laddering this as you go. Why is that an important thing? Because you can use your retirement accounts to invest in fixed or fixed indexed annuities I don't know if "invest" is the right word, but but to buy a fixed or fixed indexed annuity, you can do that, and that purchase allows you to ladder your income. Now, at any time, you could say, you know what, cancel everything, send me a check, I want all my money, or roll it over. You know, put it over here, put it in this bank, roll it over to that bank, roll it over to this mutual fund or this brokerage account. You can do that. One of the things I want to bring to your attention is something that I received. Uh, just recently this last week and it's from Raymond James and I don't know maybe all brokers do this I don't know this could be everybody but here's what I got from Raymond James they're going to pay out dividends they have a a schedule they're going to pay them out got it but here's the part that, that really caught my attention when there is a fraction of a penny that is owed we will not pay that fraction so for example if they owe you $13 $13 and 54 cents and a half. They will only pay you $13 and 54 cents. They will keep the half of a penny. And then next, next year, uh, or, or next, uh, quarter, next month, next year, when they pay out a dividend again, whatever it is, and it's 0.2 cents, right? $75, 45 cents and 2.2 cents, right? The, the two tenths of a cent they're going to keep. Okay, now you think, "Oh, er, that's no big deal. Let him have it. What am I going to do with a quarter of a penny?" Right? Some of the some of you are frustrated like me. I receive a check in the mail from wherever for 22 cents, and it costs, you know, 50 cents to send 22 cents. You go, "This is ridiculous. Why why are you doing this?" Right? So I get it. I don't want that. Keep it and call it an even day. Or let me write it off on my taxes or something. I don't know. But what is Raymond James doing? And again, I'm probably other brokerage companies as well is they have millions of accounts that have millions of a fraction of a penny and they are keeping it. Now, what does that mean for you as an individual? Not a lot. What does it cost you? Five cents in 10 years? Okay, that's not going to change my life. But if you're Raymond James and you have 30 million uh, um, transactions in a year. Maybe that number high or low. I don't know. And of that 30 million transactions in a year, it only averages half of a penny, right? Five, half of a, pe- that's, isn't that a lot of money guys, right? Is that not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars? Now, if they say to me, well, Eric, we're going to accumulate this and every year, whatever it is, we're going to donate it to charity, I'd go, well, that's pretty honorable, but there's no evidence that that's what they're going to do. There's no evidence that that, so can you, they put it now, listen, this is how companies, all of them, credit card companies, brokerage firms, everybody, they send you this notice for me, it was on the back of a statement when I saw it and it was in light gray writing, like the, like the beige or the light gray in six point font where if you have uh, you know any eyesight issues and you're past the age of 40, you're going to look at it and try to figure out what it says. You'll never figure it out. You got to hold it to the light, right? put on your glasses. Do you think they do that because they want you to see it or because they don't want you to see it? Do you think they make it clear and precise in English, eighth grade English, like most Americans can understand? Or do you think they put things like that in legalese where financial professionals are your best hope for understanding it? look you decide i'm telling you what i think because the problem with some of this is simple it's coming from you now the government does the same thing they do that with the half a cent sales tax right you tell me some of the cities now are over 10 percent sales tax do you realize the sales tax is a percentage of the price because of inflation the prices have increased substantially so that means not only are they receiving more money but they're receiving more money on top of more money and if your city county states and you're mismanaging the money that you received when the sales tax was eight percent and then you mismanaged it when it was eight and a half percent and then you mismanaged it um, you follow me what do you think the answer is more money Oh, 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 that guy's a drunk. You know what he needs? (laughs) A bottle of whiskey. Yes, he's in the corner just drooling on himself. (sighs) Yeah, give him a fifth of whiskey. We're good. You would never do that. And yet you guys still approve these silly bond measures. Oh, it's for the children. For the children. Clean water. Yeah, I I want clean water. Do you want clean water? I do. And it's for the children. For children and clean water. All of us vote for that. Say yes. (gasps) You said no. You don't like children. Then the next one comes out. Children, clean water, and puppy dogs. Like, oh, I'm in. I like animals. I like puppy dogs. I'll take it. I'll take two. All right? So you you look at these things and you ask yourself, where in this conversation does it make sense for you to be a bit more informed? Because now we know that they're going to raise taxes because they always have. Nobody is managing it properly. Right? Right? I think all of you need to sit down and ask yourself if inflation is increasing and then the cost, just the basic cost is increasing and then the taxes on that basic cost. You can expect a lot of LA County to come up with double digit 10%, 9.9, right? Just like they do with gasoline, 9.9. They do that because you don't pay attention to the 0.99 cents, the one-tenth of a penny. And guess what those gas stations do when they when you, you put in four gallons? Guess what they do to the price? Yeah, they round up. So even though they put on the sign that you pay nine-tenths of a cent, if you just get one gallon, you pay the extra money. So ask yourself, if the politicians, both federal and state, now local, are not on your side, should you not be paying a bit more attention to make sure you have this laddering or this staggering approach. So what I like to do is to take your 401k account, your IRA accounts, and look at saying, do we have enough money for emergencies? Yes, we do. Good. We have emergency money. Do we have money that we need for a steady stream of income as long as maybe one of us is working or both of us is working? Yes, we do. Great. But what about longer term like healthcare or inheritance to our children? What matters to us? Maybe you want to pay for your grandchild or grandchildren's education. Maybe each of them, you want to give them $10,000 or something. When you pass away or or for college or for their first car, there are things that matter to you that, that are different than everybody else, right? Each person's a bit different. So ask yourself, if you're going to do that, what's the best mechanism to do it? Is it doing it through life insurance? Redirecting some of that? Not all of it, but maybe some. Is it redirecting some of your retirement account, your IRA? Maybe. Your house, your rental property, your savings accounts. It's not a difficult proposition, but it is something that you want to consider. That's what we do. Our job is to help build an income strategy for you and at the same time, work with your existing tax professionals, work with your existing attorneys and for trusts and wills. I'm a certified estate planner our job is to get in there see if we can make a difference okay that's important because if we can it's my pleasure guys we've do it for a lot of people we can do it for you here's our number triple eight ninety nine retire it's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven triple eight ninety nine retire now part of what we do is sometimes a zoom call right so you can come in and uh, in person or you can come in on the uh on Zoom, you can come in uh, with a phone call. It's all right with us. A lot of people forget that as you are building your financial life, you do need a team. You don't want to have just one or two people who are working in your in your um, quote strategy. Right? These are these are important things, guys. Somebody has to make sure that you don't run out of money in your retirement. Somebody has to make sure that you continue to live. Financially speaking, the way that you're supposed to live. So as we develop this, we know things are going to change. And I want to share something with you uh, for a person that that just came into my office this last week. His wife uh, was a little bit older than him and she passed away of cancer. He was in his late 60s. She was in her mid 70s uh, and she passed away. It was the love of his life. They were married no children between the two of them, but they, she had children from a prior marriage. Oh, probably, I want to say they were married, I think it was 15 or 18 years. A long time, long enough. right? So they, they loved each other. They were very close. And now it's been a decade, sorry, not a decade, it's been five years since she's passed away. And he's lonely, right? It's just like everybody, he dates a little bit and sees people, but he's very fit, very healthy, very strong. And... He comes to the office and says, I'm going to liquidate all of my retirement account. I said, are you kidding? He said, no, because I'm now remarried. He just got married like three days before. And I want to buy, put a down payment and buy a house. I said, okay, well, let's take a look at your income. What is your income? And between the two of them, they had enough to barely pay the property taxes and the bills. Just barely. They're not going to live. He said, well, I'm going to still work part-time. Okay, fine. But when one of you passes away, you lose the lower of the two social security checks. And when that happens, you're going to lose the house. Right? And you think that sometimes teenagers lie to themselves or sometimes they're a bit in this, uh, you know, non-reality world. And he says to me, he looks at me, Eric, I'm not going to die anytime soon. But that's not for us to decide. God decides it. I know, but I've already, I've, I've, what do people say? I've uh, I voiced it or I commanded it. Oh, I forget the words, but something to that effect. I declared it. That's what he said. I declared that I am not going to die anytime soon. Well, that's that's wonderful. I, I wish it works that way. It doesn't, but that's nice. And the lack of reality, the, the part of this world where that where we're going to leave somebody behind in a worse financial position because one you couldn't deal with reality or two you left them behind on purpose knowing you were going to have a worse financial scenario we see this people select pension options give it all to me now i worked my tail off i want the 4800 a month but if you die what does she get 1200 a month um she can't live on 1200 a month well, I know, but, but it's my money. I worked hard. You are purposely setting up your spouse to have a worse life the moment you pass away. And I've had it where a guy says, it doesn't matter. She's going to sell the house or so she can live in, uh, you know, so what I'm going to leave her money so that her new boyfriend can have a new truck, a new car. And I'm, I said, are you, are you kidding me? That's how much you love her. You, you're worried about, you know, a new boyfriend. You said, I do. And you said you would take care of her. And she said she would care for you. And that's what you do. Now, if he says, Arif, I have a million dollars in life insurance. I have two rental properties. I have an apartment building. I have, uh, you know, savings in the bank. So, yes, I'm taking the larger pension now. But when I die, the life insurance comes in and the rental properties replace my income. Okay, now I'm thinking this. Now we're doing things on purpose. Now I'm all for it. Great idea. Awesome job. What I don't want is this concept or this idea where you're in it for yourself thinking, you know, you're never going to die. Listen, I think you're going to live 20, 30 years in retirement. That's the norm. But I don't know, every week, every couple of, couple of times a month, when you have 1,000 or 1,500 clients that come through our doors over the last 27 years, every so often one of them has passes, passes away. Right? Nobody expects it. It's not a plan. So you have to kind of plan for both. One, you're going to live forever. And two, you may not. You told her you loved her and you would care for her. You told him you would love him and you would care for him. So this is how we do it. We do it with, in this world with money. We do it with proper planning. We do it with the right structure. That's what we're here for. Stay tuned for the second hour. Two really amazing, amazing emails. I think you're going to like it and the solutions that come with it when we come back. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. Stay with me on AM870, The Answer.
0: Learn from Halaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi.
1: Learn about hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Total Financial Hour, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Give me an email, send me an email, rather. Uh, triple, or give me a call. Phone number, triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Email is Arif A R I F Arif at T F S Wealth. Stands for Total Financial Solutions. So the initials T F S Wealth is in a lot of money dot com. TFSwealth.com. All right. Part of what I'd like you to do. Sometimes the reason I read these emails is because, uh, you know, we get a lot of them, we get different ones. Um, I kind of select them to, to stay with a the theme and to also kind of see what I'm seeing from a lot of people because trends happen like in any industry, right? There's kind of trends, there's movements, there's uh, folks leaning one direction or another. And so my job is to kind of put this together when, uh, when I see these patterns of behavior and then address these solutions if I can that I see can help the most people. So put yourself in these situations. It might be slightly different, a little bit of different numbers, maybe a little bit of a different age bracket. But what I'd like you to do is to look at this and say, you know, how is it that I can benefit from this same question? Because I'm going to tell you what this is. This is extremely common, not uncommon, extremely common, all right? Part of what I'm looking at is the... uh, is the ability for you to have some or part of your money safe and it doesn't matter your age but the older you get the more i want you to look back and say can i make this money up again right have you seen the uncertainty this last week in the market heck the last six months have you seen the uncertainty have you seen the uh the volatility where it goes up and down people can and do lose money quickly i mean it's gone sometimes forever so You got to ask yourself, if this is the rest of my life money and it goes away, what is my plan B, right? Is it to go back to work for another six or 10 years? Because that's about how long it takes for the trough, right? Starting at the top to go down and come back up and make your money back and start all over again. If you can do that, if you can walk through that trough and you say, listen, I can park the money that it went down, I have other sources of income, so I'm going to take a chance and if I can hit a home run with these accounts pick the right stock bond, mutual fund, whatever and it goes up but if it goes down I'm not the hero I have to make up that money again to get back to zero right where you started the average is about six or seven years right? if you go back in time Here's a great email. Dear Arif, I'm a, I am am 65 years old and my wife is... Sorry, I'm 64 years old and my wife is 60. So he's 64, his wife is 60. She's going to still work for a few more years and I am currently retired. Should I start my social security now or wait for her to retire? She will have a pension of about $3,500 a month when t- she turns age 63. So that's in three years. I have a small pension and I currently receive about about $600 a month, but I'm unsure where to get the rest of my monthly income from. My 401k, my old 401k is about dollars, $625, $625,000. And my wife's deferred compensation, that means she works, uh, it, it's called Horizon. She works for LA County. So I know that because that's uh, Horizons is your retirement account if you're a Los Angeles County employee. Her plan has about $400,000. I will start work part-time, but I do not want the financial pressure. I would like an additional $1,500 per month. Is this something that I can do? Yes, it is. How would you do it? Okay, so, and it's Clark and Martha. So Clark, here's what I would do. At 64 years old, you're already eligible for Social Security. So I understand why you might want to start it. We only need about $1,500 a month. So, Between the ages of 64 and 70, we have six years of an increase. Basically, you would get about another half of your Social Security, about 45 to 50% more money if you waited till age 70. Now, I don't don't know if that's the right thing to do. I'd have to look at some other finances. But based on what you told me, it's very interesting. Your 401k is $625,000. What I would do is very simple. I would roll over that $625,000 into a couple of different accounts. In fact, I probably would take about 75000 put it into a savings account. Yeah, zero interest or you know, 0.75 or something, whatever they're paying these days. Zero interest in a savings account and a traditional IRA. So you're going to keep that IRA status. It's going to be able to pay you. You drip into your life $1,500 a month. So you ask your credit union or your bank, hey, every, on the first of every month, just transfer over $1,500, transfer over 1,500. They may have paperwork you have to fill out. They're, they may have uh, online stuff. But, you know, Each company has its own uh, provisions. All right, so you're going to transition those $1,500 into your savings account. And there's your income. So of the 625,000, we pulled 75,000 out and we're now laddering right? The job of that 75 is not to make double interest or to do anything exciting. It's to be accessible and you can pull money out to live on each and every month. And it buys yourself about three years. Okay. Maybe four years. What does it do? Why that number? Because it buys the time for Martha to go from age 60 to 63. Now, my experience has been when somebody is this far away from retirement and they're at that age, they often continue to work right i'm going to retire at age 60 well really they retired 62 i'm going to retire at 63 really there's a bit more of an incentive or one more pay raise coming down the corner and especially if you work for the la for la county which is her case um, they have pay raises that kick in every summer like i want to say it's june i think june or july so the pay raises that start every summer, meaning a lot of people don't, don't retire until after that time, sometimes they have pay raises that start in January. That's why if you look, certain uh, occupations like deputies or firefighters will retire in January. They'll get the last step, the last increase. Okay, so the organization, wherever you might work, may have systematic pay raises. School districts do this, city, county, state agencies, they do it. And what they do is they, they kind of structure where if you're still employed by this date, you get all the vacation time. You get all the time off coming up the next years. So what a lot of people do is they wait till that January to acquire all of that extra time off, vacation days, whatever it might be. Okay, pretty important. If that's the case, now what I want you to do is to have money set aside for that lifetime. So what do we do with the rest of it? Well, we kind of leapfrog it. So in other words, I want three or four years for Clark's age to go from 64 to 68. Ready for this? I'd like to get him to age 70 because it gives him a source of social security that's at a higher level. Now, in many cases, depending on the laws at the time and the laws keep changing, we're hoping they're changing in the right direction. But if Clark and Martha are married, and she has a government pension of $3,500 a month and then Clark passes away, she may not receive all of his Social Security. In fact, she'll probably receive a lot smaller of it, a lot smaller number. That's a good reason to take it earlier. We'd say, well, Clark, maybe you should start Social Security earlier because if you pass away first, Martha doesn't get it. Like, she gets a very small amount. Unlike, you know, other couples that that may have other types of uh, pensions or, or... Savings or whatever it might be. So we say, how much do you guys need to live on each month? Right? So if the answer is to have some or part of his money set aside for immediate income, you can do that. You can bifurcate a retirement account, put some into a small savings account that kicks out income, just like a little mini pension. And then the rest is built for medium or longer term. Start income in four years, five years, seven years. And it all depends. Is Martha eligible for his social security check? If she is, then I want him to wait till age 70. If she is not going to be eligible if he passes, then I don't want him to start social then I want him to start social Security right away. I don't want him to wait. right? Maybe a year or two or three, but immediately we, we want to start it pretty quick. And ready for this? we might be able to pull some or part of Martha's 401k or Horizons money out of that account. They're, they're working on rules. They're changing rules. But if we do, remember, she can continue to add. So that 400000 she continues to pay from her paycheck each and every month for the next three years. As she does, she's dollar cost averaging, meaning she's buying when stocks and shares are up. She's buying when they're down, buying when they're up, buying when they're down. That's systematic investing, that systematic saving is allowing her to, to smooth out the rough, rough sides. But she may want to work with a financial advisor and say, how much of my 400000 should be in the stock market? How much of my 400000 should be in, in savings or checking? Or what they call money market. Same idea. It's not going to make any interest. It doesn't go backwards. But To alleviate the financial pressure with over a million dollars, easy to be done. Clark, easily you can do this. Especially if you're going to work part-time. Because what that does is that gives you the ability to soften the amount of pressure on your retirement account now. But ask yourself, if you're going to be putting money in a retirement account, right? if you're going to be taking it out, how long do you want to leave it? Because there are bills right now before Congress, depending on if it's the Senate portion, the Senate version or the House's version, they want to move the retirement age that's requiring you to begin to withdraw money, right? It used to be age 70 and a half. Now it's age 72. One version wants to move it to 73. The other one wants to go to 75 years old so that your required minimum distribution is not for a long time. I would expect by the time Martha reaches age 72, three, four, that age will be pushed to probably age 75, which means She's she's allowed to not touch this money for somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 years from now. Most likely that's going to be the number. And if she's going to lose your Social Security, then Clark, that $400,000 is our plan B. Because if you pass away and because she is not eligible, she gets a government pension, she may not be eligible for that Social Security check. That's okay. We flip a switch. We turn on an income stream, a couple thousand dollars a month, something like that, and she never runs out of money again on her deferred compensation plan. So do you see what we did? We took money that was accumulation, a lump sum, and we turned it into an income stream where at any time she can flip a switch and say, okay, cancel that, send me the rest of my money or roll over half and you know, reduce my income by half. You still have all of that flexibility. The old annuities didn't used to allow you to do that. If you turned on income, you had to annuitize it, which meant you gave up the principal for a paycheck. Today, that's not the way it is. Today, you can get an income stream and probably, I don't know, I've been doing this 26 plus years. So back then, from the time I beginning, uh, we've always had options to not have to do it. So it's probably 30 years ago that these were really the only way to do it. Right? So I want you to think about this for a second. You have to have a plan B or C if you are not going to have that other source of income. Now, you might say to yourself, "Well, what is my option when it comes to taking out a lump sum now? We want to travel, Arif. We want to add on to the kitchen or we want to buy that RV or take the entire grandchildren group, the whole clan. I just had this recently. I want to take everybody." Out to Disney World. And now with Disney being their whole woke thing, it's sad, right? They ruin it. They ruin it. So fine. I don't know if I would do that again, ever go to Disneyland or Disney World. I think you're going to see a lot of people dump their stock. I think you're going to see a lot of people not go because they have moral or, or values issues with them. So whatever the case might be. You might want to take them all on a cruise. That's always fun. And if you do that, right, if you get to that position, if you touch this money, you guys, for anything other than a systematic income stream, that's the problem when you take a lump sum of any money that's retirement money. It is not a savings account. I can't emphasize to you enough. You might say, I I had this just the other day. Somebody left uh, one of the utilities, right? And said, I got a lump sum pension. It's $1.4 million between retirement account and pension money that we took out as a lump sum, a lot of money, and it's designed to give her a monthly income. if I want to help my son buy a house. I need $100,000. No problem. You can do that. But guess what? You're going to have to take out about 200000 Well, why? Because the money has never been taxed. And based on your other sources of income, this is going to push you into one of the highest tax bracket. So all the money that you earned before and and for the rest of the year and all of this money is considered income. So you might want a net, which means at the end of the story after paying all your taxes you want to net 100,000, you got to pull out, I don't know, your CPA does the math, maybe it's 187 or or 192 or 165, whatever the number is, you're going to have to pull out about 200,000 to get about 100. That's a pretty scary thing because your retirement accounts just dropped by over 10%. And you didn't even enjoy it. You didn't even do anything. The government's happy. State and federal clap. So when you hear me say one of the options for people is to be in a different state, especially if you're going to take out these lump sums, that'll save you all of the income tax for the state of California. So if you are considering moving or having that on your horizon or looking like you're going to be somebody that is, you know, having two houses here and there and you're in a state that has lower or no income tax, then before you do these kinds of big transfers or liquidations, you can roll over. You can go company to company to company. But the moment you go from company to your checking account or company to your savings account, that's a taxable event and you're going to be moving or you already have a house in another state and you're going to be moving Wait, wait, that'll save you 10, maybe 10, 12, 15%. Who knows? So that's a lot of money. So consider that it's a strategy that a lot of people have ended up doing over time. And why I want you to do this when it comes to continuing to add, you might say, but Eric, the market is down at all time lows. Yes, because you're buying more shares. So with Martha's retirement account being still involved in the stock market, she can have some of it over to safety. That's what her, her financial advisor is going to say Hey, give me a little bit here. Put a little bit there. But the dollar cost averaging, the concept of never going backwards with your contribution, meaning it's the same every month, every year, that is a big difference because in most cases, it lowers the risk, lessens the volatility, and can give you more shares, more groups, more things at the end of the day. When you get closer to retirement, you might want to consider, especially with both of you guys, the dollars have a different job to do, And job the do- the, the job the job of those dollars is that monthly income stream. So you have to look at it and say, "I'm going to have many sources of, of income in retirement, and I need it to be a certain dollar figure." So it's very simple, guys. What I do is I solve. I just pick a calculator up, do the math. I say it's simple to me, it's probably simple uh, just like a you know a lab work in biology or an engineer who can do the math for a bridge. I this is something we do every day. So I can do the math, we solve backwards, figure it, carry the one, divide by whatever, and I could tell you, okay, out of 625,000, Clark, here's what you need to have set aside. $396,000 for example. And that will take care of you and Martha for the rest of your life. So you want to play with the rest of the money? Great. You want to take out a big lump sum to buy an RV and pay the taxes on it today? You can do that. As long as we know that we are floor, the bottom we can't go below is 396,000 in my example. So that makes a difference when you are trying to work through the numbers of what is it going to take for you to reach a retirement age and have that guaranteed source of income. I don't want you to think that that only Bitcoin is the answer or cryptocurrency is the answer or, you know, buying real estate. Listen, those things go up and down, right? A, a client came in the other day and said, Eric, what do you think about Bitcoin? I said, I don't know. What do you think about Bitcoin? <laughs> like I said, well, it's going to go up. It's going to go down. The numbers are huge. You can make a lot of money. You can lose a lot of money. So what are you trying to achieve? And he said, well, I want that protection and I think the dollar is going to be going away. All right, then, then buy it if you want. My job, I'm not an expert in it. So don't ask me about cryptocurrency, right? I might own some, I might not own some. I might want to do this. My thing is very simple. You tell me how much you want to keep protected and safe. And I'll tell you, yeah, hey, we're pretty good. We can do that with this number. But if you get into a place or a position where you're going to need or want some of this money to be there at a particular time, you can't play games. You want to have some money in in crypto or in real estate or limited partnerships or, you know, oil drilling or those are all great. Good job. Go find the expert in that area. Find something, somebody that only does crypto. That's it. Find somebody that only does oil wells. That's all. Not the financial guy that says, I can do stocks, bonds, reach, take fleas. I'm a certified uh, financial expert in everything under the sun. If you can buy it with a dollar, I know about it. I go, wow, Rain Man, come on over here. But what's the truth? What's the reality in my opinion? It's simple. The reality in my opinion is that most people are never going to be able to be an expert in all of those areas. They just can't. It's It's just not possible all right so keep that in mind the next email i have for you is pretty interesting it's uh it's from a gentleman who who kind of reached a particular phase in life opportunity in life that um success was just around the corner right it was just about there I, I i think i told you guys before i'll tell you again when i read the emails there's a little bit there's a, sometimes a lot more to it so I just kind of condense it so that I don't read two pages of emails for you. I I condense it into what the meat and potatoes are of the question. But I want to give you a little bit of background on this gentleman. You know, he and his wife were building their home. It was a long time goal, a dream of theirs. They built their house. He was almost done with it. It's a little bit of a tragic story. He was almost done with the home. She had picked out the colors and the furniture. She was all, and then she got sick. So they had to put everything on hold. And then probably six months later or so, she passed away so he just left it he didn't continue for for many many months and then he went back to the house and he said I got to finish this in her honor and he did and he completed it and it's now been many years I want to say it's close to probably 12 years now that she has passed and here's what I'm finding right when we look back we're starting to get more and more men as widowers whereas before it was a slam dunk men were going to die first And remember, you've heard me say this before. Generally speaking, if you took the big group of people, a man, uh, sorry, a woman is going to live the age difference between her and her husband and about 11 or 12 years. Meaning, if there's four, four years difference between the two, she's going to live four years plus 12. She'll live 16 years longer without him. And it's statistically speaking, right? That's a long time. It's 16 years. Now, if she got shafted on the pension or she was not involved in the financial decisions and now she's left trying to manage an estate or, or the life savings that you two have created for the next decade plus, that's a scary proposition because she's not going to make good decisions. You can't add in there that there's an emotional component. Add in there that there's also a, um, sometimes, you know, a predatory thing that financial professionals will do. Right? Friends, neighbors, cousins, nephews, they come over. They think you're rich. Can I borrow money? Can I borrow money? You're like, oh gosh. Right? You see that a lot where people just come out of the word work. So there's a little bit of pressure on you. So I want the financial education to happen sooner. This particular email though is from a gentleman whose wife passed away. And in this particular case, guys, it's been a long time and he's going to be having to manage it. So he has some questions. We'll get those covered when we return because I think you need to be part of the problem and the solution because you are you are part of the problem. All of us are, right? Let's fix it. Let's get some solutions on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halliby. Stay with me. This is your place for news, talk, and information. And here's my email again, arif at tfswealth.com. That's A-R-I-F at tfswealth.com. And our phone number is 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Learn about
0: financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power the total financial power Now higher income strategy Learn from Arab power.
1: Hey, welcome to the programs. Thanks for staying with me. Nice to have you as part of the show. Hey, there's a couple of things I want you to have as we go through this, which is your ability to reach out to us, Arif at tfswealth.com. And I promise I get to all of your emails. It might take me a little while to respond. Sometimes you'll see a a response at two in the morning. If I'm up or can't sleep, I'll get in and and, uh, respond to some of your emails. But by and large, you should get a response within a day or so. Uh, The important part of this is to find kernels of truth or examples in each of these emails on how it can help you. Right? We see this with a lot of other parts of our life. Financially speaking, there's no difference. So here's from Bradley. Here's the gentleman that I was just referring to. His wife, he goes, Dear, if my wife passed away and I'm left with more than, a, than enough money to live on for a very long time, most of it came from life insurance. Do I have to pay taxes on it? Also, since I'm still in my early 60s, I just had a checkup and everything is great. Should I still work? Will it improve my social security payment When I do start taking it, probably around age seven zero. Okay, Bradley. Here's a couple of things. Whenever you receive life insurance, it is a tax-free transfer. So you probably had a financial advisor or or a CPA that told you that. I I appreciate you double checking, but yes, almost all life insurance. There's a couple of little nuances, but most people never do it this way. So, I mean, I've never heard of it in twenty six plus years. So. uh, it's a tax-free transfer. In other words, whatever it is, you have to pay with the premium, taxable. So if the premium, if the payment each month is $100, you have to make $100, pay taxes on $100. So maybe you make 130 give away 30 take take 100 and, and buy the life insurance. So because you use post-tax money to buy it, the payment on the back end is tax-free. So yes, that's tax-free. You're still in your early 60s. You just had a checkup and everything's fine. Should you still work? So here's how Social Security works. It's a good refresher for some of you, and some of you didn't even know this to begin with. Social Security takes 35 of your best years. So that means you have to go to ssa.gov. stands for Social Security Administration. So www.ssa.gov. You log in. You, they'll ask you some questions. You know, you have to put in your social security number. You can get a report. What they used to send every January, now you can do it online. You get a report and it will show you 35 years. It'll show you everything. I want you to go in and count the best 35 years, the highest. If in within those 35 years you have some zeros or you have some $1,000 or $4,000 maybe back in the 60s or 70s whenever you worked when you first started working, then every year that you work now and you do better than that, right? So so let's say you have a zero. You only really worked 32 years where they reported social security. So three of your 35 years that they count have a zero in income. What can you do? Well, I want you to work because if you work and make something, you're replacing one of those zeros. And then the average starts to go up. So if in those 35 years, you have a lot of zeros or a lot of pretty low numbers, as you work, you begin to replace the lower ones. That is pretty important because then when you do start to take out social security, the payment is going to be a lot more than what you think. Because one, you're not going to be in your 60s, you'll be age 70. So the payment will go up automatically. Then as you're working and replacing those zeros, with 20, 30, 40,000 a year, whatever it is that you might want to do part-time. If you make more than that, even better. Then your social security check will be higher. The other part of it that I think that can make a difference is this, the ability to stay busy and productive. I, I was with a gentleman yesterday uh, or this last week. He was 32 years old. 32. He's been married for eight years or so. Great, lovely wife, a little baby. So I said, you know, how is your dad? He said, oh, my dad uh, My dad is 69 years old and he's in a facility, an, an assisted living facility. I go, what? 69 years old, what happened? He said, well, he was an engineer, really smart, did a lot of fun things, super bright guy, retired with a great pension at an early age because it's one of those government pensions. He was living, doing wonderful, started working part-time, would do this part-time, this part-time, and then one day he just decided he didn't want to do anything. So instead of waking up at 4.45 in the morning to be at work by 6.30, he slept in. And he slept in for 7 a.m., 8, 9. And then he said he'd ask his mom, how's dad doing? And she said, well, he's still, it's, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. He's still in his pajamas. So he goes down and gets the mail and his slippers and he just, just slowly starts withering away. Four, five, six hours of television, 10 hours of television. Not just one day of binging, right? Not just a rainy day on a Sunday or Saturday, right? After church, you come home and just, no, 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 none of that. He just, all day long. And so what this gentleman said is he said his dad just withered away rather quickly. Now, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg thing. I don't know if his dementia had begun, and that's what diminished his desire to to work or to produce, or, you know, if it was the other way around. Right, maybe he was keeping it at bay by being busy and productive. But Brad, uh, Bradley, what you need to do is take a look at two things. You have to stay productive. It's the key to a long and healthy life. Somebody has to need you to be there. You want to have one or two or three lazy days a week? Fine, you can do that. But once you start looking in the mirror and you realize what you look forward to is your doctor's appointments and your hair hair appointments, right? Mostly the ladies for the hair appointments. <laughs> but if you start looking at, oh, I have a doctor's visit here. I got to stop by the pharmacy and pick up my, my medication. And you, did you ever have a life like that? That the only thing you looked at, forward to was kind of leapfrogging from doctor's visit to doctor's visit? I want you to have, we're traveling here. I'm doing this. The, the organization that I volunteer at needs me here. That's how you stay active. That's how your bones stay strong. That's how your muscles and your nerves stay strong. You don't have to be a kinesiology grad and student to figure this out. Although, you know, I have a I have one of those kids that are smart about this stuff. Kinesiology understands it. We talked about it. He's told me in the past. It goes, Dad, look, part of the challenge is you have to have pressure on your bones to keep them strong. You have to be active. That's why... People that sit in a chair have atrophy in their muscles and in their bones. That was the big concern about space, right? You had a light weight, so people weren't putting pressure on their muscles or bones. That's why they were working out for hours per day just to get a fraction of the exercise uh, effect, right? The benefit that they would here on earth. So we see it happening. We see it in a place that is well-studied, which is space and the effects of weightlessness. Well, it's the same thing with sitting in a chair. I mean, take it even further. You're an office worker. You sit in a chair for, for eight hours a day, right? Oh, I get I'm busy. Oh, you don't understand. I get up and go to the copier and then go to the restroom and come back. Okay, that's, that's, you're not putting in steps, people. It's why this whole fascination with your steps, 10,000 steps a day, because you have to be physical in order to do that. So, Bradley, uh, expect to go through. I, I, you did indicate in the rest of the email I didn't read, but there was a, a longer illness. So this wasn't, you know, out of the blue surprised for you, but but it's still tragic and still horrible. And expect there to be a mourning period, and, and there's no number on it. Six months and eight days, you're done. One year, uh, you know, two years and you're back to normal. There, there's no such thing. You'll never be the same you were. That has changed. But financially, you're fine. Staying busy and productive, which are two different things. Busy, is, it takes your mind off of things. It keeps you active. Productive, you actually do something. But being busy and productive gives you that ability to be valuable to other people. So what would I do? I want you to, to pull your social security um, statement. Look at how many of the years, 35 years. Look and see what the lowest three or four of those 35 years are. And see if you could make more money than that. And if you can, if it's a zero, of course you can. But if it's a, if it's a number in which you can make more money, then you want that to count as part of your work. There's a lot of people. You know, there's two different folks that work at fast food restaurants and these big department stores. When you look at them and you're going, wow, she should be retired by now. In some cases, she's working to get Social Security credits because she didn't have enough. And so she's trying to build up a few more for Medicare, for Social Security. Other people, same thing. You look at them and they're working in in fast food restaurants or they're working in, and their goal is to just stay busy. In fact, we have a client that worked at one of these you know big uh big department type stores right where you can get everything you want i won't tell you the type of store but but she was basically a greeter lady that uh didn't look her age by any means but she was close to 70 she looked like she was in her early 60s she worked there i would see her when i'd go in but i knew she had 3 million dollars with me so what was she doing there greeting and saying, hello, welcome, nice to see you, making sure the shopping carts were lined up. What was she doing there? And I would ask her. And in fact, for a little while, they got mad at her. This is going back a little ways because they, they said, listen, you're not cashing the checks, your, your paychecks, you have to cash them. It's affecting our payroll and affecting our accounting. So they made her go on to direct deposit. Now, maybe everybody's on direct deposit, but back then they made her go on direct deposit. She said, You're just not cashing the check. She's like, Oh yeah, 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 I forgot about it. And you guys remember when we were younger, I would drive in on a day off to go pick up a paycheck so I could cash it, deposit it. Right? So her her reason for working now, she worked at this big box store. She's a widow. Her kids are grown. Both of them are done with college. There's no real reason for her to, to sit at home. What is she gonna do? Watch TV? Nothing wrong with a couple of movies or shows or you know, watching. I enjoy all of that stuff too. But the difference between busy and productive. She might be busy, but she's also productive in creating a life that she could always look back on. So these are the examples, Bradley. Part of what we look at in life is, is there another passion that you can pick up on? I had mentioned to you about an artist friend of mine who's now since passed away. Her name was Marty Bell. Some of you have heard her name, Marty Bell. I think she's an amazing artist. I've been blessed to have met her and knew her uh, relatively well for the, the last phase of her life. I remember walking into her home and looking at this beautiful painting and it was huge and it was of her granddaughter and it was just elegant. It was looked like a Victorian you know, pose where she, the long dress and she was sitting there beautiful. Well, She's probably 20 years old at the time, the uh, the granddaughter. I remember looking at that and I said, Marty, how long did it take you to paint that? Super ignorant statement or question. A very, uh, listen, it was naive because her response made me understand how naive and, and ignorant it was. And it was this. She looked at me. She said, Arif, it took me 35 years. Now, at first, I went, wow, that's a long time to paint it. Then I went, wait a second. I go, that took you 35 years? Now She was being a little smart aleck, but she said, look, the skill set that I have took 35 years to build it up in order for me to be able to do that. So that means her experience is what led to be able to paint something like that. It's the same reason some of you get very upset when you go to the a surgeon, right, you have a 60-year-old doctor and and she's working on your leg, right? Doing something or your back or surgery. And then you get the bill and you say, what? The surgery was two hours and I'm paying $75,000 for two hours? No, no, no. You paid $75,000 because when she graduated medical school and she's done this now forever, right? For 20 years, 30 years. You're paying for 30 years of experience, not two hours of work. That's a fast food restaurant worker gets... Paid by the hour. That's a janitor gets paid by the hour, not a surgeon. So I don't want you to think like a poor person who thinks short term, right? Poor people think, what are you doing this weekend? How much do you make per hour? Short term. Short term. Rich people think lifelong goals. What kind of impact do I want to make on the world, on my family? What kind of example do I want to leave behind? I have this financial project. I'm working on it. In the end, it will be worth X amount of dollars. Well, how much do you make per hour working on it? I have no idea. I don't think per hour. I think project. That's a different way of thinking, right? Poor people think short-term. Richer people think long-term. And this is a mindset. Not wealthy, that's money in your pocket. Not broke, that's money in your pocket or lack thereof. So you've got to have this concept of how to to build a legacy for the longer term. And so you're going to always do short-term things. The lady that worked at this this big box type store, right, what did she do? Well, very simple. Her goal was not to make a million dollars working there. So there wasn't a productive component to it, financially speaking, but there was a productive in her value. And how many of you, me, all of us, walk by people like that and go, oh, boy, it's too bad. Look at them doing what they're doing. I feel bad for them. Or what about a client who was one of the top guys uh, at uh, one of the defense contractors? I won't even give the name of it. And his job was uh, you know, super top secret stuff. It was an engineer, created things that uh, made, make this country safer, no question about it retired after so many years, and now he works helping uh, disabled kids, special needs kids. You know you look at him in his 60s and you go, oh, you don't realize that he has millions of dollars saved. He's financially in a place that he looks around and says, you know, I've got all sorts of financial means, but now my job is to be productive, not financially productive, but to be productive in a life that makes a difference for this young man because he follows a young man from junior high through high school. I think he's just about done. If he hasn't graduated already, he probably will. And he helps, you know, interpret, takes notes and those kinds of things. Do you really think the school district pays (laughs) anything for those guys? I remember it wasn't even enough uh, at the end of the day for him to, to take a nice vacation each month. But he says, this it's not what I do. I do it for other reasons. I made my mark in history. I've been productive. I made a difference. And now my chance is that my, my life is to change this young man. You see, you have a lifetime of experience. All of us do. And Bradley, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. that you're. It's, it's sad that your wife passed away. I, I know. I mean, thankfully, I don't know. But, but I, I can only empathize with you. But it's the next level of work for you in life. It's that next, what do I do next? That's going to make the difference. And there is no timeline, right? Many of you think, oh, well, well, the college is four years. High school is 12, right? You have timelines with things. There's 12 months in a calendar year. So grieving must fit into some sort of a timeline. It doesn't work that way. You want to share some of your grieving stories and success stories out of it? You can give me an email, guys. Shoot me an email. Arif at tfswealth.com And always put in there if it's okay for me to to share it. And if if you don't answer that question, I'll usually email you back and say, can I share things, of course, you know, without your last name? And sometimes I even change your first names. So give me that answer. I I can work with it. And you might be able to help others. Because for each of us, as we go through life, if you don't have a steady stream of income then your ability to make a difference in the world of other people is subject to how much money you're being paid and one of the lies we've always been taught is if you love what you do the money will follow Uh, if you love what you do it's not working a day that's all nice but you might be good at something in which nobody wants to pay you right you could be great at gardening Nobody's going to pay you for it. What are people willing to pay you for? What, what can you make a living? What are you great at? Oh, that? Oh, you don't really love it, do you? No problem. Take the money, manage well. Don't spend on silly things. Save and invest. Buy assets, not liabilities. Create wealth so that you can at age whatever, 40, 50, 60, you can create a bucket of money that's going to kick out an income stream for the rest of your life while you can then go i be the best gardener in the world. Or a musician, right? How many actors and musicians are amazing but never will be discovered? But for some of the now phoniness that happens in some of these television shows, The Voice and, and uh, America's Got Talent, right? There's some manipulation that goes on in there. I know we have clients that are part of those shows. Where it's not as raw and true and the kid off the street. It's not a lot of that always. America, what is the other one, um, where the, the the people sing right? And, and America's uh, got talent, and, but there's another one out there. My point is, these these shows, they're great. They're designed to pull the person who would have who sings in a pub or sings at church, but never got discovered. That's wonderful. Maybe that's the next step for you. But I don't want you to be somebody who thinks that you're supposed to love what you do. And that's the only thing you're going to do. You have to love it or you're not going to make money. That's wonderful, provided you spend the kind of money that you make, which is nothing, so spend nothing. Don't have children because don't make them be a part of your fantasy. Don't get married and take somebody else down this crazy primrose path that leads nowhere. Oh, Eric, you're so harsh, so rude. (laughs) No, it's called math, people. Math doesn't care about your feelings. Math is one plus one equals two. Not this critical race theory or this new age math where they try to to manipulate things into something that just doesn't make sense. We have to plan properly. So you raise your hand if you prefer a million dollars in cash right now or $10,000 a month for the rest of your life. Right? What's what's that answer? A million dollars in cash or 10000 a month the rest of your life. If you're a million in cash, go find the best stockbroker, uh, uh, bond guy, ETF. You, you go find that risk person because they might be able to double it by the weekend. That's what I would have thought when I was young. But our more fluent, mature clients figure, wait, wait, wait. So that means every month, I'm going to get an income stream regardless of what happens to that. Yep. Rain or shine? Yes, sir. No matter what happens to the, yes, ma'am, that's exactly right. If you are wanting the income stream, that's what we do, right? We can't make, you know, we can't make miracles happen. We had somebody the other day, I have 120,000 dollars I want $4,000 a month, <laughs> never going to happen. Maybe 4,000 a year, but not 4,000 a month, unless you just want to run out of money. And then it can happen, of course, but you're not going to get it in principle and in interest. Somebody else the other day, Eric, I have $300,000. I was told I can get a guarantee of 6% return and never touch the principal. Not going to happen. Not today, maybe in five years, but not now. So you have to ask yourself, if the goal for you is to have a steady stream of income, that guarantee, we're the right place for it. Okay, so just kind of keep that in mind. That's our job. Bradley, last thing for you is this. Once you do the math, you find out social security, the 35 years, then I want you to walk into a social security office. Sometimes they can give you an estimate or a projection that says, what if I keep making 25,000 a year, right? Maybe you want to work part-time for the next four years before age 70, whatever the age time for you is, how much difference will that make in my social security check? Sometimes they can give you a little bit of an answer. They can, they can modify it. But along the way, if you happen to find a young lady that, that is the companion of your dreams, uh, I want you to, to consider it. Because then you could stop working at any time, right? Maybe you're working. You plan on working four more years. You meet her in two. You're done. You don't have to go back to work. The life insurance that you have is more than enough to live on. I'm completely comfortable with you stopping working. But you better have something to do, purpose, right? That matters. Purpose of your money, that determines the place of your money. Purpose of your heart, your life, that determines how you spend your time. Thanks for being part of the show. I'm Eric Hallaby, The Total Financial Hour, triple eight ninety nine retired. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. I'm here every week at this time. Your family's finances matter, and we can make a difference. Thanks. Have a great day. Learn about
0: financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Araf has a plan for me higher income strategy